Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Cool. Well, hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Rich Torbinski with TMC uh, here for the last week in mortgage today, our weekly kind of whirlwind through all things going on in the mortgage industry. Uh, each week, I kind of hand select someone from our lender member network uh, to join me as the co-host. And this week, I am thrilled to have Deb Sturgis, the CEO from Hallmark Home Mortgage out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Deb, thanks for joining me. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation and uh, look forward forward to chatting today. Awesome. So let's you know, let's get started by uh, just taking a look at some of the things going on uh, in the industry, the news. Uh, let's start with um, the latest is just projections in general. There was a, uh, some of the more prominent economists in the industry came out with their uh, updated revised projections for this year and next year. And it's looking like 2020, the biggest year in the history of mortgage lending. Who would have saw this coming? I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I didn't see a lot of things that came at us this year, uh, especially in um, March and April. Um, we were all wondering uh, whether we um, we were going to pull through uh, when there was uh, so, so many crazy things happening in the mortgage market at that time. So to go from uncertainty, which I'm sure lots of lenders felt, um, to uh, a, a year that might be go down as our record is a it's a lar- a, a, a big swing in uh, your your um, uh, emotions in managing a mortgage company. Yeah, you know, I think coming into this year, just you know, like for our organization, last year I want to say it was like two, three, two point four trillion somewhere around there, which is you know good year for the industry. Um, not historically great, but uh, us and I think most lenders were projecting this year to be somewhere around last year. How did you guys look at 2020 like a year ago at this time? Were you projecting it to be about like last year? I was. I was actually, My I go through a pretty uh, rigorous uh, budgeting process just because that's who I am. And I had budgeted in a, a like year. And the only thing that I was um, doing was uh, um, budgeting a little more efficiencies uh, in the backroom shop because of some of the technologies and some of the things that we were really working on to um, to try to get a loan from point A to point B um, as efficiently as what we could. But from a volume perspective, I was just predicting a flat year from 19 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most were, and then, yeah, this year, you know, like the winter, I think was a little busier than people thought you got off kind of a good start. Then all, you know, middle of March, all hell broke loose and, you know, nobody knew what to think at that point. I mean, you know, and then. No, I, I had never heard the word margin call before. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You definitely definitely learned the definition of that one in April. I do. (laughs) I do. That'll. I, I remember my, we were uh, in a work from home, but my CFO said, hey, we're uh, writing out a check for X, Y, and Z uh, for a margin call. And I was like, and what's a margin call? <laughs> it's like a pay now versus later scenario. So I quickly got an education on that. It's like the opposite of layaway. Yes, exactly. There you go. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, and then, you know, it was like 30 to 60 days of like, just what the hell is going on? Like, how are we going to deal with like in-person appraisals and uh, in-person closings and all this employment disruption and, and then, you know, that settled a little bit and it's just like, all right, it's on. I mean, it has just been the, uh, the application train, no stops. No. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then the amazing part too, is really like, if you look at, I'm starting to look at buying a house right now, it's like the worst absolute timing in the world. Um, but there's like no inventory, at least where I live in Northeast Ohio. I mean, houses are flying off the market for above asking. Um, so, and you know, yet purchase activity has been incredibly strong. Um, so, uh, you know, another piece of news that came out this week was, um, home builder sentiment, the highest in 35 years. Mm -hmm. So that clearly means we're going to see new stock coming out of the market. Uh, and to me, that, is a great sign for purchase activity these next couple of years, right? Yes, I think with the low inventory, it's really no surprise. Um, with a low inventory, um, I think that's what's really pushing the new construction. And um, from 2018 to 19, that piece of our, we have a really good two and a one-time close, um, but that piece of our business doubled. And this year, uh, I think it'll double again. I, in our process, I do the last look at the builder just because I do. <laughs> and um, I'm seeing um, activity of one or two builders that I'm approving daily. So uh, I'm really um, excited to see that piece of our business grow. We've got a great platform and a good team of people that really know that business and know how to manage it. So um, so it's exciting. Yeah, it, uh, it really is. And it uh, looks like it's going to be a good, you know, getting back to the projections. I mean, you know, I think that uh, next year is looking like another great year for the industry, which is so great because, you know, and it cracks me up. We've talked about it on the show the last couple of weeks, like, you know, the Fannie Freddie refi fee by FHFA, like, oh my God, look how much these mortgage lenders are making, you know, no thought which this is such a cyclical business. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, the people at the FHFA, uh, being a CEO of an independent mortgage banker like you, like the thoughts going through your head two winters ago, right? When there's no volume, there's no margins. Um, so uh, it's great to see that it uh, looks like we got another good year ahead of us as well for the mortgage industry. We're planning on that. That's awesome. So the other news, just, you know, not of the last week, but of these last few months, just M&A, not as much on the lender side, because I think maybe a lot of the lenders that were like, I want to be bought now are like, ah, that's great. You know, <laughs> uh, so the lender M&A has stopped. I think eventually that'll, that'll pick back up. Um, but on the vendor side, we've seen a lot of that. Um, and I know you guys are Encompass clients, your Compass Analytics clients, your Optimal Blue clients, the latter two both bought by Black Knight, partner at TMC. Um, yet you've got the LMA operating system. So I'm just curious, like how you look at that as a CEO and how you see like big tech and the vendor world, like flushing out these next few years. Well, I, um, I think it's positive. I, I have been hopeful that there would be more, more entities coming into that space 
because when, for example, the last number uh, that I saw on the LOS with Allie May is that they had some 60% of market share. Um, you know, as a CEO, that that makes me, when I signed up with them, I was nervous about that because when, um, when a market share uh, is that strong, then there's no negotiating process for us and so, or anybody for that matter. And so um, what I think is exciting is to see, um, see that beginning to open up and new players, um, Black Knight, for example, coming in and uh, to see that with the base price that we pay on a per loan basis that, you know, maybe there will be more pickup in that base price. So I'm uh, I'm excited about that. I think the more players that come into that space, uh, the consumers should benefit. You know, I want to ask you. I know that uh, TMC is uh, launching a uh, technology, uh, if you will, um, a platform to develop some of that. How is that? How's that going along? Because we we're looking at that of great interest for the same reasons that I noted. We're getting set to launch it. It's very exciting. Yeah. And uh, like the uh, Cliff Notes version for the viewers is uh, just this general, I guess, the general premise of, uh, you know, technology solutions for small, medium sized mortgage lenders. And, you know, if it's uh, vendors that have massive market share that increase their, you know, leverage and negotiations, essentially what we're doing at TMC is we're creating a, a fund, uh, a pledge fund where uh, some of our members have invested in the startup of it. Uh, And through this fund, we are going to um, reach out to and attract emerging technology providers. So think uh, robotic process automation and all different forms of artificial intelligence, document recognition, companies that have products that are not fully developed, that we're going to use this fund through investments to help bring these um, products and solutions and companies um, to market and will be options for our members to, if they choose to, invest in them, to utilize them. So uh, it's very exciting. We just actually um, formally raised the amount of money we needed to get the fund going. And it looks like we're going to be launching it in like mid-October. So uh, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, we'll, we'll be watching it uh, closely. Yeah, it should be a true win-win for our members, the industry. There's no obligation for our members, but there should be some exciting opportunity. And hopefully we, TMC, and our now 206 lender members can help take these companies that have great ideas and great products and get them to market. And the beauty of the premise is our members will act as kind of like the sounding board and beta testers for this technology. Um, So instead of think, okay, we have technology, this is what it costs, buy it and it doesn't implement or integrate well we're going to try to work with these companies to help them get from like the 50 yard line to the goal line with the feedback of our members so should be interesting good cool um so on that same uh in that same vein so one thing that i've been asking some of our co-hosts about and i'm curious is that topic in general so if you uh, let's go back to the winter when things were more normal right it was a decent business winner. Um, you know, people were gearing up for the spring, not knowing what the hell was coming down the pike. But CEOs like you, at least the ones in our network, were really focused on emerging tech. 
knowing that that's what's coming next, right? Uh, the mortgage manufacturing process still very human. Um, there was a lot of focus on that. Then, of course, Corona. Then, of course, four months of just insane volume. And it feels like that's fallen off the radar by necessity almost. So what is your take on that emerging tech and you personally, the amount of time you've been able to spend looking at it? And well, you hit the nail on the head, and the short answer really is yes. We we were really looking at um, um, at technology in general, and really kind of beginning to hone in and doing some uh, ROIs on uh, different vendors that we felt could really help with our efficiencies, and um, we really had to put the brakes to that just because I couldn't pull valuable resources um, from um, from who were working on those when I needed them over here to um, help us get through this uh, surge of business. So um, hopefully we'll get back on pace to begin to look at these things. Um, and um, like I say, we've, we, we really, we're, I think any company has to be really disciplined it's really easy for somebody to come in and say, hey, we can bolt on your LOS system and you're, we're going to be able to do this, 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 and this. But to have a really good uh, uh, process of due diligence on ROI is really essential. I've got the right team of people to do that. It's just I had to put the brakes uh, on that um, for right now. Right. You got to close loans and take care of your customers. and we do. It's, you know, it's, uh, uh, we do. Uh, well, I've been really proud of the fact that our service levels, uh, have not changed. Um, so, um, you know, to be able to pick up market share because we're, um, able to really have a seamless process where we're not pushing closings out. That's very important to me. So, um, so right now, that's my focus um, at just getting through uh, the business and keeping and growing our customer base. Um, but moving on, you talked a little bit earlier about the 50 basis point refinance fee, um, the schedule to kick in on fundings with the agencies on or after December 1, which amazingly is just a little over 60 days away somehow. <laughs> so uh, is this back in your rate sheet now? Are you doing any kind of like, hey, lock in now? You know, uh, like, no. now since we've got a pretty tight process of getting loans apps into the system and closed. Um, I'm pushing that date out to the 1st of October because without putting any of that price adjustment into our, our, our product, um, because, uh, you know, I want to keep that window open so we can help as many homeowners as we can up until that process. 50 basis points is a big change. And so I'm going to put push that out as I keep my ear to the legislative, um, you know, there wasn't anybody in the industry that was pleased when Calabria announced the uh, September 1st date, but, uh, and got, he got a lot of pressure um, and moved it out, but now it's kind of moved over to Congress. And um, last week there was uh, the Senate uh, Banking Finance Committee chaired by uh, Maxine uh, Waters um, uh, he had to testify before that group. And, um, you know, I think that 
there it's still not over um, because it's moved into that arena. So there's going to be a lot of pressure, I think, you know, not to say that we won't plan on December one being the day, but, um, but, but by all means, um, there's that battle still, still is raging. It, it, it's a it's a dangerous game to play. We talked about this a little bit. It just the, this lathering of fees, you know. I, I mean, like one of the untold tales, like is just the guarantee fee in general already that all lenders are unknowingly paying on all deliveries to the agencies. Uh, you know, used to be in the teens. I remember when I was a cap markets guy. You know, it was a negotiable fee. I remember negotiating it, negotiating it down to 17 basis points in my 20s. And like, it was like a career accomplishment. Now it's like mid 50s for everybody. Um, so it, it's just, a, it's a tax on home buyers and people that uh, now refinance their home an additional 50 basis points. And uh, when you start to take a look at housing affordability and the need for housing to stay strong, to drive the larger economy, it is a little bit of a dangerous game that politicians are playing with these fees on mortgage loans. No, I think he's, uh, you know, the director Calabria is feeling the heat uh, from Congress right now. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how that plays out. As you know, I sit, I'm a board member of the CHLA and we've been real close, close to the issue and, um, and have had our voice heard (laughs) pretty loudly. So we'll continue to put pressure on them to do the right thing. And I think the right thing is uh, to put it off altogether. Yeah, and you have been your whole career really uh, involved and engaged in the advocacy side of the business. And it's like uh, it's like taking vitamins. It's maybe not the sexiest, uh, um, you know, uh, thing to do or way to spend your time, but uh, vital to our industry. And uh, Thank you for the amount of attention and time you've put towards that side of the business over your career. Yeah, you bet. You bet. I appreciate that. All right. So work from home. Talk to me about now we're like, you know, six months in, um, you know, uh, you know, the general thing we're, we're hearing is like, you know, productivity was ridiculously awesome in the spring. Everybody was so happy to work from home. And now it's like this fatigue factor. What, what, how's it going at Hallmark now, six months into the work from home, uh, movement? Well, I, um, I announced maybe two weeks ago that we were going to put off, um, coming back to the office until at least January 4th. Uh, because I wanted our employees to have something they could work with because they've got family situations and what have you. And, and really everybody's sitting around wondering, well, you know, what's going to happen at Hallmark as an employee. And so I went ahead and put out that announcement and everybody sighed uh, a sigh of relief. I'm right now in the process of putting together um, a survey that I'm going to ask each and every person to fill out and give give me their honest feedback on uh, how they how they feel about working home uh, from home. Do they want it to continue? Would they uh, uh, what if, what if we were to do a hybrid model? Um, um, what things have we really done well with them? What things have we not done well? You know well, you know I just need to listen to our employees because I think it's easy to, you know, sometimes sit back and think you know what what is going on and and you really need to ask. So we're in that process right now. But I would have to say the whole 
um, pandemic and uh, and then requiring work from home in March, I believe it was in March. And um, I I think it's been transformative to the company. Um, probably a lot of CEOs could sp- sit here and say the same thing because I would have never guessed that we would do it with such ease. Uh, like I had mentioned before, our service levels have not uh, failed. Um, the commitment of the employees has, has been really, really strong. Um, we, we, there are challenges. I, uh, I would have to say that I'm it, within 25 to 30% we're seeing, we've, we've got a lot of tools and measurements in place, but we're, in the range of 25 to 30% more productive. Um, so I think it goes back to people aren't making that drive, dropping their kids off, um, running out to lunch, uh, talking by the water cooler, you know, all those things has brought more productivity um, um, uh, into the organization at the same time, which I love. At the same time, I'm trying to figure out how do we maintain that, which is good, and then also create, because people do want to feel connected. And so I've got a team of people that are really working on those cultural things and how to keep during this time and, and, and until we figure out what, how we're going to look at this going forward, whether we come out with a hybrid model of some type, um, but really try, really focusing in on the culture and Really uh, keeping, I mean, we've done <laughs> yoga, um, bingo. Um, I've done, um, I've, I've been um, making sure that monthly I do a, a fireside chat. It's kind of hard to do when it was 90 degrees out. But, um, but, uh, uh, but really trying to be in front of uh, people and, and approachable and, um, so we're really looking at all, many different ways to uh, engage our folks, but also to let them know that they're appreciated, even though they're working in a different environment, they're just as appreciated. We, um, so we've got a crew of people that are really working on every single month doing something that really will engage our employees. And I think it's going to be really important because from I try to read things that are outside of the industry, companies that have gone virtual, you know, pre-pandemic, what some of the issues uh, they weren't expecting. And one of them is just the employee engagement after, you know, so long. If you don't feel like you're a part of the team, you know, you, you can lose some of your culture that you've really worked so many years to, you know, um, uh, you know, to embrace. And so, um, so I take that really seriously because everybody likes to go to work and they like to work with a team of people and they want to see a mission. They want to know how they can be a part of that, um, making that happen. And so, uh, so that sort of shapes how we're trying to approach this from a virtual um, situation. So, that's awesome. And yeah, refreshing to hear all the creative things you're doing, trying to get out in front of an issue that yeah, all lenders are really starting to now talk about uh, is really one of the outside of the crush of volume. Like, you know, the top issue I hear from our members is just that cultural issue, you know, is, yeah, we're more productive, but 
you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about, you know, just uh, maintaining this great culture that we work years and years and years to create, especially, you know, you look at just operational employees in general and this whole work from home movement, um, you know, there certainly is more of like an independent contractor potential if you're a processor, an underwriter, or a closer, and companies from the West Coast uh, can hire operations personnel in Fort Wayne, Indiana, or Cleveland, Ohio, uh, at, you know, being honest, a lower uh, base than they would pay on the coasts. And uh, so even more important, right? Uh, really? Make, you got employees that love the brand, love the company. Right. Really very important that we end up whole in this process and, and not take you know, from an efficiency standpoint, three steps forward, but we'll lose 10 steps in the process. So culture has to be a really strong focus. And I, um, like I say, we're spending resources to do what we can. That's awesome. Um, I'm definitely from like the uh, nothing good comes of talking uh, politics and religion camp, but uh, <laughs> the election, they're like, I, I keep, you know, I, I'm asking all the smart people I know, are, are any housing related uh, issues going to make it to like the uh, presidential election uh, stage, you think, like that level of vernacular, um, do you see that happening in the, the next, the first debates actually here in Cleveland, I want to say like uh, in the next week at Case Western University, so. Um, so your question was, what? I, I'm sorry. Any, any housing issues you think that will make it to like the main, uh, you know, debate, uh, presidential debates or, uh, you know. You know, I don't, I don't really see anything. The only thing that potentially could be is this 50 basis points. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, um, uh, that could be a hot potato if that's, thrown out because I think that's absolutely a negative to um, the American public, uh, especially during a time when, um, you know, people are sheltering at home and um, they have an opportunity to lower their housing uh, payment. And, you know, I think that could be a hot potato if it, if it makes it that far, but it, you know, like I say, um, it's, um, it's already in the political uh, arena right now. So uh, that would be the only thing that I could think of. Um, how about you? What do you, do you see anything? I don't see it. I mean, I like you, I think maybe Biden could try to use the 50 basis point thing oh. against Trump. Um, and, but you know, outside of that, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it making its way to the, the main uh, discussion. Just, I mean, especially now there's so many pressing issues in the country that, uh, with the pandemic, obviously, and all the geopolitical stuff, but uh, we'll yeah. see. It's that season, so um, we'll, know, we'll know soon enough. So, <clears throat> um, last question: We got a couple minutes left. Um, just how are you handling uh, hiring, like recruiting, interviewing? Everybody's looking to add right now. You guys are cranking along. I'm, I'm sure I'm pace to a record year. How has that been? I'm just curious. Like we just hired two people but they were two people we knew. So I didn't have to cast the wide net, but uh, to this point, we've always, we never would hire anybody we had not met in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious as to how, as a CEO, you're handling that side of things. Well, we, um, we've historically um, uh, really try to promote and hire from within. And so 
if somebody is stepping up from a lower uh, a paid job, um, um, stepping up, then that leaves a position that's more readily filled. We are bringing in uh, for every processor or two, we've got an assistant that comes in and that assistant that we've hired has no knowledge of the business as an example. And uh, But we're hiring with somebody that really wants to get into the business and learn. So we're finding some really good talent servicing uh, through uh, through those assisting roles and we're moving them into full-time positions as it relates. So, so we're doing really pretty well that way by, uh, you know, promoting people from within to hire jobs. And then that frees up a little easier space to hire and then bringing in these um, assistants, the ones that decide they don't want to be in the business long-term, that's fine. But we're also finding some real gems in all of that. So that's been, that's been helpful. In terms of the salespeople, we're having a pickup, and I think that um, uh, some companies haven't been able to handle fulfillment as well as as others, and so that's created some opportunities. There's been in the Midwest, as you know, there's been some uh, changes in some of the banking strategies, and some of those people are. Uh, within the next month going to be um, out of jobs. And so we've been in front of quite a few folks. Um, in terms of once you hire them, how you do that in a virtual scenario, we've we've got a training group and they have been up in, uh, before the pandemic. They were trying to take lots of what we do in training and they were already videotaping training. And so we've really push that along. But we're also looking at, without mentioning any training companies, I don't know, I want to put a plug in for somebody that may or may not be a member of the collaborative, but but we're really looking at companies that really are have been in the business of training and looking at their modules. And we're going to be spending some resources, really putting people through some of those uh, training, not only loan officers that are coming into the business that haven't been loan officers for that long that could really use some basic training, but also some of our operational people were, were looking at that until we get some of our training built out to where we we need it to be. So, so far, we've been able to man manage this virtually pretty well. And, um, and there's, like I say, there's some just amazing companies out, out, out there that have been in the business of training within our industry. And, um, and they're offering some really, um, really good rates right now. And they do a really good job. So we're going to take advantage of that this year. Deb, uh, always enjoy talking about the business Thank with you. you. Uh, really appreciate your time. Appreciate the insight. Always walk away smarter, uh, which is critical in my role. So uh, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, thank you to everybody that uh, joined in and uh, will be, of course, distributing uh, this video via email and social media uh, and uh, through other channels. So I want to thank everybody for taking some time out and we'll be here same time, same place next week. Have a great afternoon, everyone. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.